afternoon and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast, sponsored and supported by Fitness Registration for Fitness Professionals, the Fitness and Wellness Show, March 2022 in Sydney. Now, good morning to our listeners. Very lucky to be doing this podcast just a couple of days before Christmas. Everybody is super, super busy, but today I'm interviewing two of the board members from Active Entities Consulting. So good morning to Bobby Vidal and Richard Sinnott. How are you both? We're doing great. Thanks for calling us. You're you're very welcome, guys. Now, I know it's just a few days before Christmas and you both are very, very uh, busy, but as we know, the fitness industry never closes and we've got some... Pretty cool conversation to be having today. So first of all, guys, before we get started, and Bobby, I'll get you to brief our audience. Can you just tell us all a little bit about Active Entities, what you do, who you are, and when you launched? Absolutely. Um, We're a a team of people who have had success in the industry at various levels, and um, each of our team members has a specific skill set. So when you work with our team, you really work with the entire team. It's not like you would have one consultant that does everything for you. And over the course of the last four years, we've really um, worked hard to put a team together that can solve most problems, whether it's your whether you're starting a club for the first time, whether you have a club, which has been the case for a lot of our business over the last couple of years and it's struggling. Um, if you have a sports complex or a sports campus and you're looking to expand or grow business, uh, we've, we've got some great people on our team that uh, can solve a lot of problems. And at the end of the day, that's what this industry really is about, isn't it? It's about solving problems. It certainly is. Richard, what's your role with Active Consulting? Well, Bob likes to call me the beard of knowledge, so <laughs> I've been that's around for I've been around for a long time. I, I basically, I, I've been around uh, almost since uh, the fitness industry really started. I've seen it all from uh, going from uh, you know free weights, uh, you know, just a, a universal station to uh, the first life cycle. I was actually one of my clubs had one of the first life cycles. Uh, those old yellow bikes, the first time cardio came into the clubs, and uh, so. I've seen it all. I've been through recessions. I've been through uh, good times, bad times, and uh, and I've run every kind of facility, facility from small to large to multi-club, uh, aquatic centers, uh, you name it. So I've got a, a, a pretty good um, skill set when it comes to just about any type of health club uh, that's, that's, that's in existence. Now, we have to agree, Active Entities has a dream team sitting on their board. So just before we go into a little bit about what's happening in the USA, Bobby, can you just mention a few of the people that are involved with Active Entities and who sits on your board? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the board was actually started by um, our partner, Jeff Hampton, who unfortunately passed away a couple of months ago. Um, we, we still feel the, the loss of that, but before he left, um, it was his vision for us to be leaders with regards to medical fitness. And we put together 
an unbelievable team. You're on that team, Al. Um, we've got Dr. Choate. We've got David Flench, who's the president of the Medical Fitness Association. Um, we've got uh, Dr. Michael Mantel, Nant Neeson, um, Dr. Joe Kostrick. We, we've just got some unbelievable resources. And, um, you know, as we, we actually have an announcement that we're, we're going to be partnering with the medical fitness group over the next year, we're very excited to bring our partners in with us. Um, but I don't think you're going to find a better group of people to lead this uh, vision that Jeff originally had. So obviously exciting times for 2022. And yes, we all are feeling the loss of Jeff. I must admit, I miss his uh, little social media posts uh, every day. And um, But the memories do keep popping up and that's something that uh, we'll, never, we'll never miss. Moving forward, let's talk about the current state of the fitness business industry in the USA. Rich, can you kick it off and just tell me What's been happening in the last six months in the USA? Well, we were starting to uh, see some, some pretty good recovery. I mean, just about every month the data we saw as far as new members joining clubs and the old members uh, coming back into the clubs just got a little bit better every month to the point where uh, in the fall it was looking like uh, a lot of clubs were up to about 70% of the pre-COVID uh, traffic. Unfortunately, with this new Omicron variant, uh, uh, things are starting to, it looks like they're starting to stall out a little bit again. So uh, I'm, I'm not that optimistic about how the first quarter is going to go as far as where I would have been uh, a month ago or even three weeks ago. Uh, so I think it's going to be very challenging to, uh, to continue to, uh, you know, to, to grow our, our facilities. Do you think um, that this is going to be a reflection on the numbers? Do you think that members are going to struggle to return to the gym because of what's happening in the U.S. at the moment? You know, I think there's, there, the, the gyms have done a really good job from what I can see. And the people that we've talked to that are members of the facilities are very uh, – uh, they're, they're, I shouldn't say very – they're not worried at all about – catching COVID at the facility between the distancing, the masks, um, and, uh, you know, the plexiglass partitions, the testing of people who are coming into the facilities, um, including the staff who are tested in most, most of the better clubs every single day before they come in. Uh, there's a lot of confidence out there that the clubs are as, as safe as they're going to be anywhere else that they go. The gro even better, you know, even safer than grocery stores and, and, uh, you know, other places. So, the challenge is going to be to see how this Omicron variant causes uh, more restrictions from the uh, from the state and local and even federal governments as far as mask mandates, distancing, going back to 25 or 50 percent occupancy, those kinds of numbers. That's that's going to be the uh, the real uh, where the tale is going to be told. I think. So, Bobby, what what's your opinion? you know, in regards to the U.S. market over the last six months? Well, I've done a little bit of traveling throughout the States, so my perspective is a little bit different. Um, I was in the mid, the middle section of um, the country a couple of weeks ago, and I, I don't even think people there know how to spell COVID. I mean, there was no sign of masks, um, very little um, 
information. The only time I was told to wear a mask was when I was getting on the plane and heading back to the East Coast. So, you know, I think that it depends where you're at. I have relatives down in Florida. And, and again, it's that same feeling of, yeah, we're, we're just moving forward. But, um, but that being said, I still believe that people are apprehensive. There's also, you know, I think generally speaking, um, people are, are tightening their belts a little bit right now in fear of shutdowns and fear of what happened a couple last year. And, and I think they're holding back on spending on, on things. And I think some of that might be a gym membership. So, um, you know, I think that um, I still think that you have to go out every day. And whatever the mandates are, they are, and you have to react to it. And I think because we've been through this once already, I think that owners and operators are more prepared this time than they were last time. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. We're definitely more prepared going into 2022 as opposed to that sudden closure in March uh, 2020. So with the people that are returning to the gyms, and Rich, we were talking about this uh, offline before, and you were saying that you had been uh, reading some research on the reason that people are returning to gyms, and you had some, some data there. Can you just give our audience a little bit of info about that? Yeah, the, the, the exciting thing about it is it, it sort of brings back to us the, the reason why we're in business, because people can work out at home, right? Uh, so... This is a company, uh, a multi-club company that hired a research firm to, to find out from the people, the, both the new members and the existing uh, older members, why did you come back? Why are you back in the gym? Uh, about 13% of those members who came back were there because they had a personal trainer and they wanted to continue their training. The other statistic, which I find pretty amazing, is that 40% were there to participate in group exercise classes. And you think about that, that relationship that you have with the, with the trainers and, the, uh, and your group exercise instructor, that's 50%, a little over 50% are coming back to the clubs. The other interesting data, you can parse out all the 5% of this and 3% of that, but 50% of the people who are coming into the club were there as um, either a primary or secondary reason because they, they just wanted to be meeting, meet, uh, they wanted to meet people and uh, and have a chance to talk to somebody. So, again, it's all about relationships, both with your staff and with the members. Bob and I have talked about this a lot with our clients. you got to build that club without walls. It's not about all the classes. It's about getting people together and connecting them. Yeah, I was reading uh, a couple of articles here during the week and of course, you know, it's that time of the year where everybody wants to publish on what are going to be the 2022 trends. And everything that I pick up says small group training, you know, groups of four to six people want to be doing that type of workout. And there are people wanting to do one on one. And that's, as I said, it's just in every single publication that you pick up. What do you think are some of the future trends that we need to look out for in 2022 that might just come up and surprise us all? Uh, let me let me talk about that from the perspective of uh, restorative and recovery programs. Uh, that's sort of the buzzword that we're hearing in the states. Uh, there seems to be a trend towards looking at people's uh, not just their physical but their emotional needs as well. But um, on the physical needs, when it comes to ice baths, uh, massage chairs, 
uh, you know, those types of things. Uh, it seems like everybody is either looking at uh, adding some of those types of programs or uh, or looking at some franchise opportunities to come into their clubs, people have already got some expertise in that area. So I think that's going to be big uh, for the clubs that are uh, that, that have the money to afford to buy some additional uh, equipment re- related to the recovery aspect. I think the other part of it is just the emotional part. Uh, there are some clubs that are actually uh, bringing in uh, uh, therapists and people to talk to each other. They're, they're putting uh, clubs together. Uh, with members to discuss the issues that they're having, whether they're unemployed, they've lost a spouse, uh, and even the uh, the long haulers, the people who who want to exercise, but uh, and they've they've had COVID, but they've uh, they've recovered, but they haven't completely recovered their taste, uh, sense of uh, smell, sense of taste, uh, or even their. Uh, uh, their aerobic capacity. So having programs that are going to specifically address those needs, I think is another part of uh, being successful in 2022. So yeah, I'll, I'm going to yeah. and add something to this now. I think one of the most important aspects of operating and programming uh, is going to be with regards to maintaining continuity with programming, no matter what happens. I think one of the first things that I've seen when the clubs first opened was that people were so far removed from their routines that they had before COVID that getting back into a routine was very difficult. And, and I think clubs are going to need to prepare to react almost on a daily basis of whatever's thrown at them so they can maintain continuity with their programming. And some of that might be remote offerings. As Rich said, we, we really encourage Club Without Walls programming where you use natural resources, beaches, mountains, snowshoeing, whatever, so you, you can maintain exercise no matter what the rules are going to say to us. So in saying that, Bobby, let me ask you this then. How important do you think mental health programs are in gyms? Oh, I think it's immensely important, but the problem is, is that you, you know, you've got to make sure that you break people that really know what they're talking about. Um, I know that there's a couple of clubs out here near me, and they talk about doing this and that for you know mental health situations. And yep, they offer some programs like yoga. Some do mindfulness, but when they talk about bringing in experts, real experts. I think you've got to really dig into the well and make sure you find people that really can come in and provide the services that you're suggesting you're going to have and not go over the line if you can't fulfill that. Um, I think I think it's immensely important right now, but we have to be careful with what we promise to people. So perhaps not try and be everything to everybody and to perhaps seek out and delegate into fields where we're not experts at. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, I I think one of the problems that we have with regards to credibility in our industry is we, you know, something's hot at the moment, and boom, you see people marketing it all over the place, right? You know, uh, the last couple of years, it's been inclusion, right, and and, and all of that. So now you see all of these things that are being put forth about, you know, we need to get involved and in, in, in be inclusive and bring in people and special populations and all this. And it's marketing. You're not doing it for the right reasons. And I think we as, a, as an industry 
have failed in that regard. And that's why we have some credibility issues. So we need to make sure we stay in the lane. And if we move to another lane, we really know what we're talking about. So let's talk about the issues of the, the fitness industry in the USA. And I'm sure it's not just the USA that struggles with issues. It's, it's a global uh, problem. But if you could fix some of the issues with the marketplace in the USA, what would be, say, the first three issues that you would fix? Go ahead, Rich. Why don't you start on this one? I might be a little off. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think the first one comes down to uh, some some lingering uh, issues that, that happened at the beginning of COVID. So there were clubs that were still continuing to bill their members, even though they were closed, or they were continuing to bill their members when the members specifically said, I, "I'm afraid to come into the club. I want to freeze or suspend my membership." Some of these uh, clubs wouldn't let them do it. They had to have made them cancel, and they wouldn't refund dues. There was a there was enough of that to make uh, you know to make it into the media, and I think that just just adds fire to this negative perception that, that the industry sometimes has. Uh, the second problem I think that that uh, that we're dealing with is the uh, unfortunately because of the mandates. Uh, I know that for myself, the, the club that I belong to requires a, uh, a register, you know, a registration to, to just go into the facility. And for me, with my busy schedule, I can't just decide, oh, I'm going to go over to the club today. I got to, you know, I got to reserve a spot in the fitness center and they only reserve, a, you know, half hour spots. Now they let you reserve up to three, but the, the act of going in there and reserving one spot and then getting that saved and then reserving the next spot and saving that and getting the next spot and saving that, it, it's just sometimes a hassle that I, I just decide that, that I just don't want to do it. So the, the access to the facilities have to be made, be made easier. Um, and I think the last one is, is really just it's the perception of the value. We still have these low, low price providers that, uh, you know, the 9 or 10 $12 a month clubs that just over – you know, overload the facility at times, probably not so much now, but, uh, you know, there could be a, a 5,000 square foot facility that has 20,000 members and they just hope that people don't ever go. And our industry shouldn't be based on that. We, we should want people to be in that club. We should want to help them to change their life. And I don't believe that for the most part that Americans believe that the health club really can do that for them. So, Bobby, your opinion on this? Well, I think I've said it a few times that um, health is important to people. Health clubs are not important to people. And I think that the problems with our industry start at the top. I think there's a complete lack of leadership. Um, there's been a lack of leadership for quite some time. You have the same people spewing the same thing and, and you know, patting each other on the back, and we don't go anywhere. We need to bring in partners outside of the industry. We need to expand people who are involved in decision-making in the fitness industry. One of the things we try to do, with our, as you see with our board, we bring in people out of the industry. We have a psychiatrist that comes in and speaks at our symposiums. You know, We have people outside the industry who have done marketing that come in and speak. We're not afraid to bring in people who are experts. Um, I think our leadership has failed miserably at that. 
The second thing is, as Rich mentioned, the credibility right now of our industry. Um, some of the Boston sports clubs have reopened and they've kept the name Boston sports clubs, even though they're not Boston sports clubs anymore. Might have been the most idiotic thing I've ever seen because people won't go there just because they think of what happened. As Rich said, they got billed for several months after the club closed and that lingers. And the third thing is, is that we've got to stop selling and start educating and providing services. And we, it seems, and I go into a lot of clubs now up and down the East Coast right now, and, and you walk in and you just feel like it's, you know, you got to take a shower when you get out of there because everybody's selling you something. And it's that I understand urgency, but we have gotten away from what should be making us significant, which is really moving closer to the medical field, and we're not. We're not doing that well right now. So let me ask both of you then, because I know that both of you have sat back over the last 20 months and watched my journey here in the Australian fitness business industry and as a as a club owner, and you've watched many of your friends also that are, that are based here. What can our marketplace here learn from you? Go ahead, Rich. You go first. Well... It not being that close, I mean, I've, I've seen the pain and the suffering that's going on, um, but I don't know about you know the operation and how the uh, how the market out there perceives the clubs uh, in Australia. Uh, I would suggest that first of all, there's there's always a silver lining in any of these disasters. So uh, when you look at the United States, with thirty percent of the clubs that have gone out of business. Uh, right now, uh, Bob and I are working on a number of them. We actually closed a couple of deals with people that wanted to get into the industry, and uh, and there's there's opportunities there because these some some really nice clubs. Unfortunately, I feel bad for the people that went out of business, but you know they they opened up clubs, put a lot of money into these clubs, and now uh, someone else can come in and buy them for thirty or forty cents on the dollar. So when it comes to the debt service and some of the other issues. Uh, um, that are going on, uh, uh, the operating costs could be uh, significantly less right now to uh, to get into the industry to pick up some of these clubs. There's also members that are out there that for these clubs that closed up. Bob and I talked to one person. Uh, it was a, a little bit a little bit ago, but uh, you know there were four clubs that he could you know throw baseball at, and uh, now he's the only one left. So he's picking up members from these other from these other facilities. So I think there's an opportunity there, but the, the way you're doing business, if it's going to be, I'm just going to sweep in all the people who have already been interested in health and exercise and believe in a, in a, in a gym or a health club, we've got to reach out and get those, those, you know, those non-exercisers with, with programs that speak to them. And, uh, and I still don't think our industry is doing a very good job. Bob talked about education. Uh, that's that's a lot of what the advertising should be, not the the deal of the month. It just makes me crazy when people even use the word deal. Maybe we ha have an offer or value added offer, but stop discounting your dues. It's we're not selling mattresses here, so show the value. Use your members. Use testimonials. Uh, take a look at people that have made it. Uh, you've made a difference for. Use them as your role models. 
and, uh, and, and let's spread the word about how we can really help people. Yeah, Mel, I'm going to answer that in two ways. I, I actually think people here can learn from you. I mean, the one thing that you do as well or better than anybody I know in this industry and anywhere, period, is you tell it like it is. You mean what you say and you say what you mean and you're not afraid to go out there and give things a try. And I just feel like if you're going to play the game, play the game. Don't play it to lose. Play to win. And I find that the people right now that are running clubs are coming in every day. You know, Rich, we see it all the time. How can we save? How can we save? How can we cut? How can we cut instead of what can we do? What can we invest in that's going to produce a better experience, a better membership? Um, so I, I think that's the, the one thing that I would say universally that we have to start doing is we have to start thinking out of the box. We have to start removing ourselves from what was and start building what could be. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. We so have to start thinking outside the box and start to challenge the status quo because uh, I've said this to many, many people, including both of you, the consumer has changed that comes into our club now and, you know, when the time of day they work out is different, uh, the programming that they want to do is different, the classes that they want to attend is different. It's We've got the same people, you know, physically coming into our clubs but internally they're doing everything quite differently which means that we as professionals have to change our business models and I feel for a lot of club owners that they're very uncertain times including myself you know I look at all of my members and I look at how they're changing the way that they're doing things and that means that I have to change my business model and take a risk and if it means that I make a mistake with something and I lose a little bit of money then I was going to lose it anyway by not making the change because I wasn't accommodating to them so we definitely need to think outside the box and start to challenge the status quo now the future of active entities is absolutely endless and i know that uh, your team has a huge 2022 in front of them so i'll get you bobby just to kick off with what is the future of active entities moving forward from today yeah we're we're so excited we've got a number of diverse projects first and foremost we are collaborating with the Medical Fitness Association and are going to be involved in their regional and national presentations over the next year. Um, they had, you know, come to a couple of our symposiums and um, I think we can really work together and grow the Medical Fitness Association. So we're thrilled about that, that partnership. Um, we're also involved in a number of uh, things, not necessarily traditional health clubs, although we do work with a number of traditional health clubs. We're starting getting, to get into sports complexes now and sports campuses. We work with one in Iowa right now. Um, there's an association of basketball trainers. Uh, we're in the process of helping them form a, a bigger association, a global association. Um, that is going to hopefully um, work on coaching the game of basketball in a way that's going to preserve the game for the next 30 years. And it's, um, it's, it's pretty complicated, but again, we've been called upon because of the success that we've had doing the things we do beyond just counseling clubs 
And um, and then on top of that, we, as Rich said, there's a number of people that are knocking on our door saying, hey, tell me a little bit about your industry. There's a club that closed here a couple of months ago, and I've always wanted to get into it. And I love that conversation because we can get people excited from the get-go and also steer them so they they can avoid some of the pitfalls that so many people do when they first get into this crazy business. So I love the diversity of our of our uh the things we have going on out there, and I'm just thrilled to be working with the team. Um, Rich is arguably the best numbers guy in the industry. We've got Mike Connors now, who's with us full time, and he um, he he's just an absolute dynamo when you see him speak. Pam Weatherby with colleges. I mean, we've really got a great team of people, and then you throw our board in there like yourself. Um, that's a that's a real tough team. We're real excited. Certainly exciting times ahead for uh, active entities now. Rich and Bobby, I've got a question that I'm going to throw at both of you that you are not prepared for. So, and each question is different. So, Rich, who is, in your mind, the franchise to look out for in 2022? Mm. Uh. Bob, would you say uh, anybody that's, that's got a good uh, uh, proven record in the restorative stuff? Do you think that Larry Connors? I, I, I really like, uh, there's, a, there's a franchise called LA Fitness that um, has been doing it right for quite a while. And I'm seeing more and more of their programming steering towards more complicated, sophisticated approaching approaches to training. They're talking to some partners right now about it. Um, I think they already do a great job operating, and I know they're looking to expand. Um, so I like what they're doing very much. Of course, Lifetime does a great job. Um, you know, any Lifetime club I go, have gone into in the last five years, I walk out of there going, wow, they, they really do it right. The staff is, is prepared. Uh, the experience is great. Uh, but those are two franchises that I would say right now are going to either continue to be great or make a move. I think I think LA Fitness is is really going to do some some things this year. And Rich, you think uh, Edward Keith's product? I'm sorry, what was that? So do you think that the product that Larry Connors is looking after is oh. one to look out for? Yeah, I, I there. Uh, he's he's grown pretty rapidly. I mean, he he basically just started the concept uh, maybe a year ago. Maybe he's working on it before that, but um, I think he's got eight centers and he's just opening up. All, they're all over the place. They could be standalone or they're uh, they're opening up inside of other bigger clubs. So, um, unfortunately, the name doesn't come. Bob, do you remember the name? What's the name of his uh, actual? It's Ragey Ragey Min. Is that how you pronounce it? Regiment. 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 That's, that's it. Beautiful. And now, so the final question to both of you. Now, I'll let you go first, uh, Richard. Who do you think will be a standout equipment, a standout equipment supplier to the industry in 2022? Oh, boy. Um That's a that's a tough one to answer. I mean, I've got relationships with a lot of people out there, and uh, I mean, there's certainly I think for the states, uh, Matrix has made some major inroads over the last 
10 or 15 years, they have a really good product. Um, uh, Precore has always had a good product and they always stand behind all of their, uh, their equipment. So I, I like those two. Uh, there's an emerging company for um, uh, for the uh, for people who want to put equipment outside. The stuff is bulletproof. You can hit it with a sledgehammer. Um, and Bob, you might remember the name of that company. But I think if you're looking to put uh, run programs, if you're in an environment where you could be outside uh, for most of the year and you want to have equipment that you're going to leave out there and let people use it. Um, they make a really good product. Unfortunately, the name isn't doesn't come. Bob, do you remember that? They're one of our uh, sponsors yeah, for our event. Burkett and Compon. Compon, C-O-M-P-A-N. Uh, they're yeah. a great, great group, and uh, they they do a remarkable job with outside programming. I'll tell you, Mel, who I I've been down on for a few years, but. Over the last couple of years, I have seen a great turnaround, Life Fitness. And, and I haven't mentioned Life Fitness in a couple of years. I think they've gone through some challenges, but they've come out of it. And I was in a club the other day with some new Life Fitness. And let me tell you, I was really impressed. Um, I love Precore, always have loved Precore. I think they do an exceptional job. Um, but I would say I'm going to bet some money that Life Fitness comes out of this and uh, reestablishes themselves as something pretty special. I, I agree with that one, Bobby. I mean, I'm a Life Fitness Hammer Strength girl anyway. And uh, our club, uh, as you know, is equipped with Life Fitness and Hammer Strength equipment. But I have seen some of the products that they're taking on board in 2022. And they are definitely on a winning streak, I believe, moving forward. So, guys, in finishing our podcast today, and it's been great speaking to both of you, Bobby, if you could just tell the audience where they can get in touch with you, and then, Richard, I'll get you to do the same thing. Well, our website is activeentities.com. You can reach me at bobby at activeentities.com, and you can reach rich at rich at activeentities.com. Um, and we'd love to hear from people, you know, even if you're not looking for help, but, you know, you want to give us your perception of what's going on out there. Don't be bashful. You know, we'd love to hear from people all over the world. As you know, Mel, I have ties from, you know, in Sydney personally. So always love to hear from people down under. But uh, please don't hesitate to reach out if we can help you in any way. And go to our website and see what you've got there. And Richard? Yeah, I think the same. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but I, I think that the uh, just rich at activeentities.com is the best way. And I, I agree with what Bob is saying. You know, the the information that we get from people uh, is is really really important. So even if you're not looking for consulting and you just want to say, hey, I heard the podcast and I I this is what I found, or I agree with that, or I disagree with that. Uh, I would love to get that information from people. You know, feedback is the breakfast of champions. It's always been my motto. So, um, uh, so you know, please uh, give us a, shoot, shoot us an email and let us know what you think and what's your opinion of the industry and where the uh, where the you know the gold lies at the end of the rainbow. Absolutely loved my discussion today with both Bobby and Richard from Active Entities, and you heard them in 2022. They have a dream team. You'll be seeing their branding at events and many other uh, industry 
happenings throughout 2022 and moving forward. So thank you to Bobby and Richard today for the discussion. And I just wanted to remind our listeners that the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast is proudly sponsored and supported by FitRec Fitness Registration for Fitness Professionals, the Fitness and Wellness Show in Sydney in March 2022. And you never know, we may see Bobby and Rich at that event. Thank you for your time this afternoon, gentlemen. It's been great chatting with you. I'll drop their details in the bottom of our podcast and I wish you all a very Merry, Merry Christmas.